Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Dave Tilly Show, we talk about a bunch of questions specifically, Dave, to, to Dave for some reason, but we talk about the front rack position in CrossFit athletes. We talk about spondies and how we judge how well they're progressing, and we talk about ulnar variants in gymnasts and other weight-bearing sports. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better. Perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston, Massachusetts. A little smaller group today. Dan's, so Dan's, Dan's international. Dan's Dan, shoulders are out. Dan Pope is uh, in another country somewhere. Uh, the student repertoire. That's definitely, not the, that's definitely not the right word, right? Repertoire? Squad. 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 The student squad has dwindled completely. Um, I guess we can cut loose. <laughs> we just, they, let's just well. say they uh, they didn't make it. They didn't do. They didn't do a good job. No, we had a bunch of graduations. We're actually pretty close to the holidays. Not to not to date the episode, but I think you guys have figured out now that we don't really record these live. Right? I'd like to point out that I won this mug at last year's Christmas party. That's right. holiday party. Sorry, that is right. The last year, my hard-earned tokens at David Buster's. This got could me this be the mug. only thing anyone has ever used that they won from no. David Buster. <laughs> like a fool kit too. It's a bunch of crap that they yeah, have. I was very proud of this. So anyway, so it's it's by the holidays and for some reason Kevin's school has no heart and, <laughs> uh, and they make him do a clinical rotation through the holidays, which is really, really challenging. But anyway, that's why we, we were took, here. That's why we took him. That's right. That's, why, yeah, <laughs> we're like, that's perfect. We didn't have anyone that week. So. Lenny McCrina, Dave Tilly, Mike Scaduto here. Kevin McNamara from Franklin Pierce University in Phoenix, Arizona. Not... <laughs> not not the one in New Hampshire, but um, what's what's Kevin's nickname? What do we got? K Mac. I call him K Mac. K Mac. K Mac's pretty cool. It's pretty smooth. Do you approve? I approve. Mm. K Mac approve. I don't like you, it when they approve. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan. Mac and Mac approve. Don't have enough. Don't have enough dirt on yet. I mean, K Mac's more dirt. K Mac's pretty awesome. Let's go with K Mac. But K Cup. No, K Mac. That's true. Yeah. Shout out to K Cup. K Cup. I see him in the gym all the time. K Cup. Um. So K Mac doing a great job here. What are you? A week? Two weeks? So two like, weeks in, two weeks here. He's uh, he's about to really shine now as the only student to take off. Uh, what do we got for questions this week, K Mac? You want to start it up with a good one? Yeah. So first one here is Pete from Greece. I am a competitive CrossFit athlete and having ulnar nerve issues in both arms for approximately one year. Could this be caused by poor mobility in the front rack position? I'm going to give this one to Dan. Oh. I like this one, yeah. All right, so uh, what's his name? Dan? Pete from Greece. Pete from Greece. Should we, should we Skype in, Dan? So, <laughs> hey, Dan, we don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> uh, so, so Pete from Greece, ulnar nerve issues bilateral, which is kind of goofy. Not kind of, it's a little goofy. Not even CrossFit. Right, right, but yeah, right. that's a good point. But he's in CrossFit, and he brought up the front rack position, so I'm glad he did. Dave, what do you think? Yeah. So there's definitely two very unique positions in CrossFit that would produce bilateral symptoms. So one is a front rack position, and two is actually a uh, handstand push-up position. So the end position of a handstand push-up is very similar to a front rack. And so um, that's a good point. Uh, similar to a lot of issues that I think we see here, we have one area that's maybe moving too much 
to make up for something else that is stiff. So say for example, in people who uh, you know are here in fitness, regular fitness, they have you know shoulder pain because their thoracic spine is stiff. So we see a lot of times that people will have elbow issues just because of the demand of the front acquisition is very elevated and a lot of external rotation at the shoulder, which most people, if you don't develop that from a very young age, it's hard to get it when you're older. So if you take a lot of these smaller issues, like maybe a little bit of thoracic spine stiffness, you pair that with maybe some forearm extension or wrist extension uh, stiffness from forearm flexibility because they grip a lot in CrossFit. A lot of times what happens is you, you slowly lose motion around the elbow and then you kind of torque your elbow a little bit more getting into the end of a front rack position or getting into a handstand push-up position. I think that most times it's the mobility limitation is part of it. I, I think technical issues are huge as well. Some people just don't know what a good collar shell feels like in a good open uh, barbell position on front rack. They've maybe not been taught by traditional Olympic weightlifting coaches, so it doesn't sit well. And there's a lot of other factors, fatigue, you know, a little ego, a little too much weight in the bar. Like I'm not saying it's you, but that's what we see a lot of people here for is like a compilation of all those factors, kind of just letting them spinning their wheels. I like that. So there's, so he specifically said mobility and I agree. You're right. It's yeah. probably way more than mobility, yeah. but so to kind of summarize what you just said, then there's potential, maybe you lost some elbow flexion. Yeah, right? and you're you're torquing out into yeah. valgus. Um, maybe you lost some wrist extension. Yeah. Right, and then what was the other one you said? T thoracic or yeah. shoulder. I right. Mean, the lat yeah, is definitely. Yeah. I mean, you think about what the lat does. The opposite of the lat is elevation and external rotation. It's it's very very commonly stiff in people, especially in CrossFit, which is like lat city. Right. <laughs> so so break it down, maybe. If, I mean, if you're having some like ulnar nerve symptoms and you think it might be the front rack, which should be pretty obvious because you should have symptoms in the front rack position. Yeah. yeah. Uh, break you know break it down and check each yeah. one. You know, do you have full elbow flexion? Do you have full wrist extension? Do you have full shoulder external rotation? Full elevation even though you don't have to be full elevation i think it just tells you a lot about the status of the yep. lat full t-spine and then break it down but i i i agree i mean and the last one too is if you have <coughs> front acquisition doing pressing doesn't hurt so say when you're above squatting 90 degrees so maybe sometimes people press from a front rack and it feels fine but when they do a thruster or a front squat ankle and hip limitations tip them forward and that causes their elbow problem so if you don't feel any pain with front rack pressing try a front squat or a thruster and if that bothers you okay, well maybe my problems in my hips and in my knees not just in my upper body. Well, that was, wow. that was the next, last little bonus. Up next level right there. Bonus right there. Was, Happy this, holidays. This is this is the uh, the kinetic chain ripple effect that I always talk about. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that applies to really 1% of the time. But if it does, if that's well, you. I would look at great toe extension. <laughs> yeah. I would look at lateral tilt of your cup Great toe extension is, like, is the perfect <laughs> one. Everyone used to always say, like, man, I, I remember. I, they tell the story. I remember. I sprained my left big toe. And two and weeks now later. now I can't throw the ball. Two weeks later, my shoulders are like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. It's all related. I mean, I don't know. There's there's something more obvious that happened, right? But uh, anyway, all right, good one, nice. I, I, I nailed it, right? Nailed it. Are we good? So, all right, what came back? What do we got? What's number two? All right, next one is Brian from Ohio. When dealing with an athlete who has spondylolisthesis, what tests or criteria do you use to track progress, especially when the end goal is return to competition? That's a good. Also. What are your thoughts on belt squats, reverse hypers, and other traction Blue type stuff. exercises for this population? That's I, I like the first half of that question because we we look we all deal <laughs> with spondies to an extent, and even stress fractures, and heck, even stress reactions. We may not know that you're dealing with a stress reaction if you don't know how to look at this. But I feel like we do this not just in. And this sure sounds like a gymnastics yeah, population baseball. in the hyperextension, but also the rotary type mm-hmm. kind of athlete. So that's a good question. So Dave, how do you monitor, you see the most bonnies here probably, how do you monitor progress? Great question. Yeah. So I think definitely 
there's not a good cluster of tests in the literature to gauge sensitivity, right? So gold standard is bone scan or a spiral CT scan, but doctors don't want to expose you to four of those because of the radiation. Especially so they, kids. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Cool. So what they want to do is usually they go on symptoms, right? But if you look at similar to how like one slap test or labral test will not diagnose a slap tear all the time, one stork test, which is the gold standard for that, is not always going to be predictive of who's ready to start going back to competition. And so I think it's really tough because sometimes people will still have symptoms, but it's not completely like debilitating, so they don't know when to go. So what I've done just through, honestly, trial and error and talking with other um, medical doctors that work in gymnastics is developing like almost like a, like a timeline, a progression of tests. So if you stand up and you do a stork and it hurts a lot, if it also hurts equally as much in a prone press-up, Right, and, it, and then you start pulling gravity more away and it continues to hurt the same amount, you're starting to be like, okay, this is still like really, really flared up. So you do standing back bend or a stork, a prone press up, and then you do a, a quadruped stork. So elbows, one hand behind the back and you rotate. It's essentially a stork test, which with right. half of the gravity eliminated. Right. And then you kind of gauge that sensitivity. And then lastly, probably the least provocative is a PA shearing test. So having someone on their stomach, you grab the opposite ASIS and you kind of shear in extension. So if you have someone who's equally as painful in the shearing test as they are in the standing test, I always tell them like, yeah, like you're just at a really, really flared up point. It's probably going to take you longer until the PA shearing and the press up and all those things are clear. <coughs> you definitely know they're not going to handle super physiological body weight range of, you know, demands on a sport. So you'd always be like, okay, once these clear up, then we'll start seeing, do you have symptoms with running? Do you have symptoms and stuff like that? So I guess right. use that kind of four step right. progression. And, and I, I, I think I'm trying to follow you. I haven't had enough coffee to completely follow you just yet, but there, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, prone press up quadrant. Did you mention that? Yeah. So prone on elbows. You do prone, right. And then a prone One press hand up behind the back with the and they turn and rotate. I felt like you said that in quadruped. Did you say that? Oh, sorry. My fault. Too? Yeah. Prone on elbows. So, which, which, yeah. I was so trying. standing pr- prone press up, right? prone on elbows rotation, which is an SFMA mobility test, and I use it for diagnostic. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a quadrant test. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty common. But it's not test, nearly but... as much as loaded gravity, so that's why I choose that. That's a good point. Yeah. But usually if I gauge sensitivity levels when I call the docs around here, and I'm like, man, like, because they come to us first without seeing a doctor sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I think right. you really need a, an right. image because, like, you're still really, really painful. I, and it's funny. There's When you have somebody that has a stress reaction or a stress fracture or something like that, spondy type thing, I feel like they know it's a it's a different pain. It I've is. never had it's it. A, it's a sharp pinch. It's yeah. different. I've had it you in know? college. You I had, had I had an L five S one spondy, and yes, it held me out of my baseball a little. So, so, I'm, so brave. I'm, uh, I was very brave, and I fought through it. <laughs> um, but it is definitely it's not a fun pain. Mm-hmm. I remember lying on the floor in my dorm room or wherever I was living, and just like not feeling good about my back because it's definitely a local shot pain you yeah. still have the occasional back issues exactly too, so it's I, exactly so i still every once in a while get a little flare up not not that but just you can definitely feel the pain but i think it definitely holds up not just gymnasts just the regular population i think those cluster of tests have i've used as well for baseball you know a lot of kids that do a ton of off-season swinging on hitting mm-hmm. off tees like, and i've two seen hour a lessons. bunch of kids that end up with yeah like the one hour two hour lesson hitting a ton of balls and they end up with that that sharp low back pain that they think is nothing. That thirteen year old, fourteen year old thinks it's nothing, and you take them through these tests, and then they have an MRI, and next thing you know, yeah. they're shut down for three months. And yeah. if you're in Boston, you're wearing a big brace, um, which we know is not necessarily what everybody's doing around the U.S. But you know, it's it's not a fun rehab process. It's awful for a fourteen year old. I feel like that. I the reason why you kind of bring that up too is the sensation of it. I feel like they have a good idea when you do like a prone press up quadrant based thing. You say, hey, is that the, is that yeah. the pain? Is yeah. that familiar? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, all right, good. You're not doing anything. So. Yeah, <laughs> you can definitely tell people have massive apprehension to do that motion. Like when they press up, they're like, uh, you know, you can tell someone's like yeah. super acute. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to skip the second half. Let's go to the third question because that was it. I liked your first question. I mean the first half. Second half was good too, but let's go one more. Let's go third All right, question. next question is Andrew from Colorado. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm a DPT student in Austin, Texas. I love all things baseball and shoulder and love the podcast. But surprisingly, I have a question more specifically for Dave. I told you, I don't know what happened on November 21st. I think it was Worlds. I think Worlds. November 21st, 2018, we got 30 questions all for Dave. I'm I'm not kidding in one day. I'm not kidding in one day. My mom. My mom typing them all in. All right, what do we got? Sorry. I'm learning about ulnar variants and was told that young gymnasts may have issues with this. I was wondering how prevalent this is and how Dave would go about treating this with his gymnast athletes. Mike? No. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Ulnar variance is definitely a very unique thing to weight-bearing sports, so not just gymnastics, but people who put any pressure on their hands a lot. So long story short is that you have, obviously, ulna and radius, right? So in weight-bearing sports, 80-plus percent of the weight-bearing is through the radius, so it's on the outside joint. So when you are putting a lot of load on a wrist that is not designed to take weight-bearing, all of the pressure being on the radius side, unfortunately, causes like it to stop growing. It's, it causes the growth plate to squish. So the ulna... Like conti- the radius. Yeah, sorry, yeah. The radius continues to get squished. The ulna then grows normally. So you have what's called ulnar variance when the ulna starts to go ahead of the radius versus normally it's kind of the other way. Whoa. Yeah. So what happens is they have ulnar variance is positive when the ulna grows past the radius. And the reason that's an issue is because it can cause issues with ligaments on the outside of the wrist. But then also you have a massive amount of pain on the inside of the wrist here. So it's a problem for gymnasts because now you have the biomechanics of like the TFCC joint is thrown off and the amount of load on the wrist. Gymnast wrist is like the patellofemoral syndrome of gymnastics. It's like the worst term ever. And it doesn't help you specify anything, but everyone says like, oh, I have gymnast wrist, which is just a growth plate fracture. So if you have ulnar variants, sometimes they will make you go in and get a surgery where they cut down your ulna and do a a rest. So they put an ulnar physis arrest, which restores the biomechanics of the wrist to not put pressure on the TFCC. So treatment wise, no, not really anything you're going to do, but it's a bony adaptation because they've done too much on their wrist, not enough physical prep before they did a lot of loading on their wrists and it causes, I mean, some gymnasts like career enders if it continues okay. to be an issue. How, how common is this? It's very common. I, 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 I may be wrong. I try to listen to all your conversations yeah. in a weird kind of way it's, it's and weird. I've never heard of you talk of this. So it's never something that you describe to somebody in depth because of the biomechanics and yeah. the anatomy. They just have wrist pain. Okay. Yeah. Is it something so you can like detect just by looking. You can't. At the you, you can't detect it's on the X-ray. They like hold it up like this, not like super and they obvious. measure the angle between the two. Um, I would say it's probably super, super common. It's like starting to happen when people have really bad growth plate fractures. They usually fracture their radius before they get so much pain. Mm-hmm. But when they get through puberty and they're 14 plus, they've had a growth plate fracture, and then they keep training. Yeah. The growth plate doesn't. It's kind of like the same thing as like you wouldn't describe like the anterior band biomechanics of a UCL, but you know it's an issue yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. dealing gotcha. with. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. So, oh, yeah. unfortunately, so that's what it John is. John DeFore is the lead researcher in that, if you want to look it up. Look it up. Awesome. Well, great episode. If you yeah. guys have any more questions for Dave. <laughs> Glad we could continue. <laughs> Seriously. It was a baseball episode. <laughs> head to, uh, head to MikeRinal.com. sit here and drink my coffee for baseball episodes. <laughs> Click on that podcast link and ask us questions. We're here, too, if anybody has any questions that are Eight related to us. questions coming up next. So, we're, uh, we're, 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 we're good. <laughs> but, uh, but, yes, please uh, head to the website. Ask us some more questions. Go to iTunes and rate and review and subscribe and all that stuff. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.